Hello everyone and welcome back to Certified Sports Girl. I'm your host Avery Bales and this is episode two. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed episode one and I would appreciate any feedback possible. And I also forgot to say this last time, but if you guys are on Instagram, my Instagram is at Certified Sports Girl Pod. So if you want to go check it out, that would be great. And that's where I post updates and such um, about episodes being dropped and all of that. So to start off this episode, I'm first going to talk about those bowl games I was talking about last week in um, episode one, and I'm going to discuss the results of the ones that have been played since I recorded that. Um, first up, we have the Minnesota vs. Syracuse, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Minnesota ended up winning 28-20, to which was not what I had predicted. I thought Syracuse was going to do a little better, but um, the Syracuse QB went 32-51, for 51, and he threw for 330 yards and one interception. And Devon Cooper, their wide receiver, had the most yards with 114 yards. And Syracuse did still play a good game, in my opinion. I think they played very well. Um, But the pick six that was thrown to Minnesota from Garrett Schrader just kind of threw them off. Um, So Syracuse sadly lost one. Sorry. Syracuse sadly lost that one. But I have high hopes for them. Um... Next up, we have Oklahoma versus Florida State, and FSU did win this one, as I said, and this one was a really exciting game, guys. Um, Jordan Travis, FSU's quarterback, went 27 for 38 with 418 yards, one interception, and two touchdown touchdowns. Um, one thing that I saw that surprised me from this game and can just tell you how like intense it was and how back and forth it was is that there was four second half lead changes and in in football that's not something you see very much you know like in basketball lead changes are so common but in football four separate lead changes it just proves how good of a game it was um johnny wilson their wide receiver went for 202 yards and FSU scored the field goal with 55 seconds left to tie in their win. And it's crazy to me um, the fact that FSU was actually down 14 to three. Oklahoma came out the gates flourishing, and they were. It, it looked like it was going to be a blowout game, but they ended up coming back and they actually scored their most points in the fourth quarter. So super proud of FSU for that. Like I said last time, I still think they have a chance at playoffs for next year. Honestly, like I said, if any ACC team had to make it. Clemson or Florida State, in my opinion, but that's just me. Um, next up, Maryland versus NC State in the Deuce Mayo Bowl. Maryland won 16 to 12. I'm gonna try not to put too much bias out there, but we all know how I feel about State, all right? Um, but Ben Finley went 22 for 48, uh, 269 yards, and two interceptions. I'm really like holding back right now and trying not to go off about state um I got I can't I can't say too much because I don't want this to be too biased as a UNC fan um but one thing that was good about NC State is that their receiving numbers um were spread out really well among the receivers you know Ben Finley was able to throw it to different receivers and not just rely on one receiver the whole game um what happened in this one was once again a late interception that Maryland got sealed the game for them and put NC State on its deathbed (laughs) um and I like the Duke's Mayo Bowl because I think it's funny how they the coach whoever wins they pour like a whole tub of mayonnaise on them and I think it's really funny and the funniest part about 
this year was that last year when they did it when South Carolina won (laughs) against UNC whatever we forget about that um they like completely like fumbled the bin and like almost didn't get it to go over the coach but this year they they posted like I think it was a TikTok and they have been practicing for the whole year for this one moment so that they made sure they didn't mess up and they didn't. It was it was pretty good uh, mayo dump in my opinion. Um, next up we have Pitt versus UCLA and Tony the Tiger stumble where Pitt did win thirty seven to thirty five. This one kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, another field goal winner uh, for Pitt in this one. Their quarterback went twenty for forty one with one touchdown and one interception and he also had 41 rush yards um bub means there's bub means the receiver with 84 yards over four receptions which is pretty impressive and kanata mumfield with 78 yards and seven receptions so pretty good on the part of the wide receivers able to score and get that yardage and move pit down the field um like I said, this one still kind of surprised me, but super proud of Pitt showing off. We're, ACC's kind of doing good right now, showing off what they can do in a bowl game. Um, next up, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Tennessee versus Clemson. Now, I uh, when I was watching this game, at first I had high hopes, like, oh, this is going to be a good game, like, two really good teams, like, let's see, but Tennessee towards the end just started dominating, you know? They ended up winning 31-14. to um, Cade Klupnik... Clemson's quarterback went 30 for 54 with two interceptions, and I mean, let's remember, this is only the second game that I think he's played, like, the complete whole game, because he was first put in for a majority of a game um, in the ACC championship against UNC. It's when they finally benched Ugalele, so... I mean, I think we can cut him some slack because I don't think he's been he hasn't he hasn't had time to really adjust and this was such a big game against a big component and he was just kind of thrown into it. Um once again with Clemson, stats are spread out between both running backs and wide receivers. Of course you have Will Shipley. He's a great running back. I personally don't like him. I don't know why. I just don't like him for some reason, but he's good and I respect him for being good. Um, so very spread out, very good um, on Cade's side as he was able to give it off to multiple different receivers and running backs. Um, also in this game, Cade Klubnick did increase his running game. He had like 40 or 50 yards, um, of rushing. So I guess he's trying to be like Drake May, you know, maybe, maybe he took some, you know, influence from him in that ACC championship game, but... (laughs) who knows um so next up we're gonna now football season in the ACC at least is over um playoff games are happening now those games are really good as well and it's also really crazy how the Ohio State Georgia game the kick when they kicked it it literally was when the clock hit 12 on New Year's um I didn't even watch the ball drop because I was watching the game, but that was a great game, and TCU versus Michigan was also a good game. Still surprised that TCU came out with that win, but I'm super excited for them to get a chance at the college playoffs because it's such an exciting thing, and, you know, they haven't gone really this far ever before, so I'm really happy for them that they got to experience that, Um, and so it's definitely going to be a good championship game, I feel like, and that is next Monday, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but it's going to be a good game either way. But yeah, as I was saying, we are going to be transforming, transferring, going on (laughs) to basketball. 
So now ACC basketball, it's been going on for a while, but now it's just like full ACC basketball, you know. Um, Personally, UNC has been kind of getting off on the wrong foot. I talked about this last time in the podcast. Every single time we are ranked highly, we end up not delivering. It's something about being the underdog that really makes our teams be good for some reason, but when we're expected to be good, we're never that good. But um, let's talk about the ACC in general right now. So since I filmed the last episode, um, of course, UNC lost to Pitt, and I'll get into that later after I go over the rest of the scores. Um, Miami beat Notre Dame, which isn't a surprise to anyone. Miami is currently ranked 14, and they're 13-1. and Um, uh, Their guard had 21 points and was their highest point scorer, (laughs) Nigel Pack. Sorry about that. Mind all over the place. Um, But uh, pretty spread out along the players on that one. Um, Clemson beat NC State, which is interesting because I'm going to get to a game, NC State's most recent game, that I loved. Um, But NC State, Terquavion Smith scored 21 points. And for Clemson, Hunter Tyson scored 31 points. So both good on that side, Clemson won 78 to 64, and Clemson is currently 11 and 3, which is pretty good compared to what they have been in the past years. They've been on like the come up, but they haven't reached a high goal yet. Um, on Saturday, Virginia and Georgia Tech played, and Virginia did indeed win that game. Um, and then we have Kentucky versus Louisville, which is like a rivalry game, and Kentucky did indeed beat Louisville pretty bad, 86 to 63. Uh, Kentucky is currently ranked 19, so I'm excited to see what they can do this season. Um, Wake Forest beat Virginia Tech, 77 to 75. Duke beat Florida State, 86 to 67, and Syracuse beat Boston College, 79 to 65. And then on Tuesday, January 3rd, Boston College played Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's guard, Dane Goodwin, had 16 points, and Jaden Zachary of Boston College had 18 points. So, kind of low-scoring game there. Syracuse versus Louisville, 70, uh, Syracuse won 70-69. to 69. Syracuse's guard, Joseph Garrard III, <laughs> scored 28 points, and Louisville's guard, L. Ellis, scored 20 points. Um... Pitt versus Virginia. Pitt actually won this one, which kind of makes our loss to Pitt look a little better uh, because UVA is ranked 11th. So this kind of shows that Pitt's actually a good team and it wasn't just UNC. Um, On UVA's team, Kehei Clark had 17 points and on Pitt, Nike Sabande had 16 points. Pretty spread out there as well. And I'm recording this on Wednesday. So this Wednesday, North Carolina won against Wake Forest, 88-79. to Georgia Tech beat Miami, 76-70, to which Miami is currently ranked 12 in the nation. So that's really interesting. And Georgia Tech is 8-6. and But uh, Norcod Omir of Miami had 17 points, and Lance Terry of Georgia Tech had 24 points. Now... <laughs> This next game is my favorite. NC State beat Duke 84 to 60. 60. You're hearing this right. NC State beat Duke by 24 points. 
And NC State, don't get me wrong, NC State has actually a good basketball team this year. They're 12 and 4. I mean, they have not been good in the past few years, but I could definitely see potential in this team. But Duke is ranked 16th, and I see that going down uh, this next week when these new rankings come out. What was interesting about this game as well is that 10, I think in the set, it was the first half, and it had been 10 minutes, and Duke had yet to score. Duke had not scored one singular point, which is very interesting to me because Duke is this powerhouse. And once again, let me stop with the bias, but I think that's kind of showing how Duke is going to be different this year without Coach K. I mean, I think people expected that, but it's going to be a lot more drastic than I think people realize. I mean, obviously they have great talent, but when you don't have that coach to really help that talent, you're not going to go as far. But Kyle Flabowski of Duke had 14 points, and Terquavion Smith of NC State once again had 24 points. He was also their highest score in that last game that I mentioned. Um, which wh- who did they play that game when I was talking about it? I I, I already forgot. Oh, Clemson, <laughs> Clemson. Um, and then then today also Clemson and Virginia Tech played, and Clemson did win 68 to 65, which also looks good for UNC because Virginia Tech beat us. So it's looking good. Hopefully our rankings won't get messed up too much. Um, But now let's get into the UNC side of things. So the first game I want to talk about is UNC versus Pitt. Um, When I was watching this, one of the first main things that I noticed was that Pete Nance was leading us on early. I mean, he was like the almost the only one that was scoring points for our offense. And it kind of gave me a little bit of hope because I, since the first game, I've been a Pete Nance doubter. I'm sorry to say it, but it's, I just have never really believed that he was that good, but he's definitely proving me wrong. Um, we had a strong defense in the beginning, but Caleb Love was missing a lot, and we were doing good defensively, but offensively, we just weren't really there. Um, (laughs) I know. This was really funny to me. Armando tried to shoot a three at one point, and it was funny because it was so, like, from the camera angle, it looked like it went to the basket, but it did not. Um, So I got so excited for a second. I was like, oh my gosh, Armando made a three, and then I realized he did not make that. Um... DeMarco Dunn comes in the game, coming back from an injury, and he proves that he's back, put up a three, made it right in. Um, Some other things I saw was um, the one thing from RJ that stood out. He had this super clean step back three. I mean, he went boom, he dribbled, boom, boom, step back, and drained it. It was beautiful. I literally got up from my seat. I was like, oh! Um, But we're still being a little sloppy on offense, you know? That's always how we are at this time of year you can't always be perfect I mean we're still in the beginning of the year you can't really expect too much um another thing I saw Seth Trimble whipped out a headband which was interesting because he didn't wear it in today's game so I'm kind of confused on what was going on there but it worked for him it worked for him I'll give it to him um Baycott always coming through with his slams um Pitt is playing their best they have played in the game against us, which is always what happens. Every time teams play us, they just somehow become great. And that is definitely what happened with Pitt, I think, even though they still are proving that they are good by beating other teams, but they were definitely playing really good. Um, Okay, (laughs) like I said in the last podcast, I don't like to be, I don't want to be that ref hater, okay? I don't want to be that one hating on the refs and blaming the refs, 
But the charge on Leaky Black? It was, uh, I'm speechless about it because Lee Black barely touched the kid. I mean, it was a block, if anything. There was barely any contact and that one really just got me and just blew me. But um, DeMarco Dunn coming back, he's looking really good. Um, He had five points, which doesn't seem that good, but the way he was playing, you could tell he was back, you know? Um, and I noticed that we had super low energy towards the end of the second half, which I know is an obvious because, I mean, they're playing for 40 minutes of basketball, but at the same time, Hubert wasn't really doing many subs this game as he usually would have. Um, I don't know if he was worried about losing or what, which we did anyways, but I think if he would have, you know, rotated the players a little more, that low energy wouldn't have shown up and they could have finished out strong instead of the way that they finished. But a bad statistic for our three-point made versus attempted, six for 20. Six for 20. You heard that right. So that that wasn't a good one. Um, But towards the end of the game, free throws give Pitt the lead. Um... Also, another thing that I noticed in this game is in other games, UNC, like against Michigan and Ohio State, UNC was making sure to give pressure on defense and really like kind of adapt their defense to the situation that was going on. And, you know, if they were like losing, like providing pressure and towards the end of the game, before, per, uh, putting on pressure, <laughs> sorry. And this game, they just weren't doing that, so... Uh, I just felt a lot of low energy throughout this game. It just kind of felt like it just wasn't a good game, really. Um, RJ missed a key three, um, which allowed Pitt to rebound and get a shot and tie it off with a win. Um, the <laughs> Caleb Love shot at the end of the game, I don't know if I just like saw it wrong because I'm kind of blind. I'm not blind, but like I don't have good vision, so I don't know if I saw it wrong or what. But to me, it looked like he just threw it up there because he thought the time was, like, less than it was. I could be wrong because, like I said, I'm blind and that's what I thought I saw. But maybe I'm wrong. But either way, he made it. Um, we had 2.8 seconds left. It was 74-76. And then Pitt ended up winning 76-74 after having some ridiculous overviews. I think that's part of the reason why you can blame this on refs. I mean, that overview, I was skipping through it because I'd recorded the game and was watching it a little later, um, but it had to be like 10 minutes. I mean, it was ridiculous. So I think that just gave such a huge momentum change. And of course, it's going to affect how the players perform if now they've been sitting for like seven minutes and they have to go back out there. Um, but either way, it was a good game. Armando came out with 22 points and 13 rebounds and RJ came out with 16 points. Um, Leaky Black was almost to a double-double with nine points and nine rebounds, which we love to see from Leaky Black. We do love Leaky. Um, so at that game, pretty disappointed because I could just tell through the screen if they would have just put forth a little bit more energy, I think that it could have been a completely different game with a completely different outcome. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. This is the point of the year where us as fans really just need to move on because it's sort of, it's not the beginning, beginning, but it is sort of towards the beginning and we're getting used to the new team and everyone's coming in. And this is the time where I like to just take losses as lessons and just kind of move on and obsess over them as much because 
yes, they matter and I'm not saying they don't matter, but it's something that the boys are going to learn from and they're going to work on. And then hopefully by the time we get to March Madness, they'll be ready to play in those games where it truly, truly, truly does matters. So next up, UNC versus Wake Forest. First off the bat, sloppy, sloppy once again. Um, Pete Nance went out. It looked like he was holding his back, I believe, and he went to the locker room. So Jalen Washington makes an early appearance, which we haven't seen too much of him. So it made me kind of excited to see him come out there. Um, I also noticed really poor dribbling, some really dumb turnovers, if we're being honest, on both sides of the court. I mean, there was, it was just turnover left and right, and it was just, ugh. Um, Leaky was on fire from three. I think he had three threes, I'm pretty sure. And he also had his career high of 18 points. So let's give a clap it up for Leaky, our defensive king. He's coming through and actually providing offensively too, so... He can do everything. He can do everything. Um, I liked how in one play Armando had a double team on him, and he st- and by- it was by the basket, two big men on him, and he was still able to slam that ball down and get it up and post up those guys. So it's really good. You know, we can always trust Armando with the ball, I feel like. If you get him in the post, he's probably going to make it. So it's always good to have that. Another big thing this game, RJ Davis reached 1,000 career points at UNC. Another round of applause for RJ. We do love RJ. Um, But this game, it seemed like it was just foul, 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 foul. I mean, like, it was so many fouls. It just felt like they were shooting free throws the whole game or inbounding the whole game. So it was definitely not a fun game to watch. Um... But um, some other notable players were Justin McCoy was really strong on defense. He came in for Jalen Washington since Pete Nance didn't come back in the game. And Justin McCoy hasn't gotten seen a lot from the bench, and he hasn't seen the court very much. But he definitely proved himself today when it came to defense. He had some, you know, mess-ups, but everyone does their first time. You know, he hasn't been in the game in a while. Give him a break. But he did very good um, defensively. Another player that I want to point out, Seth Tremble. He had like two blocks and he was making moves. And I saw uh, an Instagram account posted this. They called him Hemble, um, like him and Seth Tremble. Um, but I've always said, I mean, Seth is going to be something. I've been saying that ever since I saw him play for the first time. I was like, Seth's something special. I think he's going to be good for UNC. So super proud of him. He really got to show himself this game. He ended... I'm not sure how many points he ended with. I believe it was around 10 or so, but let me double check that real quick. He ended with 11 points. See, I was very close, guys. I was very close. So yeah, he had 11 points and so super proud of Seth. Um, slam, we had a slam dunk to push momentum, which really helped towards the end. RJ Davis was flourishing and he actually ended out with 27 points, which is really good for RJ. And I th- I'm, I'm extremely proud of him for that. He was on fire. He had a great day today. Um, and he scored 18 of those points in the second half. So snaps, give some snaps for RJ. Um, but yes, we did end up winning 88 to 79. Good win. Super proud of this team today. They were kind of off at first, but you could tell going into the second half, they really started to show who they were. And they were even doing this without Pete Nance, a player who's been pretty special to us. So it's 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 looking good. I'm hoping this can be the startup of us pushing forward, gaining a little more momentum, and succeeding a little more when it comes to games. 
Next up, um, we're going to go into UNC women's basketball, which, oh my gosh, I could talk about UNC women's basketball all day. I love, love, love their team. Courtney Banghart is an amazing coach. Um, she's super sweet and she's amazing. And I mean, Deja Kelly, Alyssa Utsby, they're, they're all just so incredible. And I like follow all of them on social media. They just, they're all amazing. I love them. Um, but sadly, they did have two losses this past week. They had a loss to Virginia Tech, 68-65. Deja Kelly had 21 points, and Alyssa Utsby had 12 points, and Kennedy Todd Williams had 9 points. Um, so, definitely not a good game for Alyssa, because she usually is the star of the team. She's 6-2, and so she's a pretty big powerhouse in women's basketball, and she was playing with the USA 3-on-3 teams, I believe, over the summer, or she was playing for Team USA in general, so she's definitely one of our key players. Um... But another good thing, Paulina Paris, one of the freshmen, the actually only freshman on UNC women's basketball this team this year, um, she had 15 points, which is great. Uh, I'm super excited for her because from what I've seen, she seems like a super hard worker, and I, I'm excited to see what she can do at UNC. We went 26 for 60 on field goals, 5 for, five for 16 on three points, 29 rebounds, and 10 total turnovers. When you're looking at that, it really doesn't look too good, but 29 rebounds, that's pretty good, I think, but yeah, we only lost three points, which it is a bummer, but at least it wasn't a blowout. Um, they also lost to Florida State, 78-71, to which is also another sad one. Um, Deja Kelly had 20 points, and Alyssa had 16 points, and so did Kennedy Todd Williams. She also had 16 points, so those are like our three, if you don't watch women's basketball, because I know sadly very sadly a lot of people don't but our three main players are Deja Kelly, Alyssa Utsby, and Kennedy Todd Williams. There are three main like powerhouses um Deja's a point guard and Kennedy's a guard and Alyssa is a forward or a center I believe um but she goes back and forth but they're they're all incredible and they all are super nice too. I've seen them around campus and such and they all seem really nice. So yeah, they've been they've been doing good this season too. I mean, other than these past two losses, they've had a pretty good season so far. I could definitely tell Courtney Banghart is really shaping this team and is really changing it from what the previous coach did because she kind of made a mess for UNC. Um I probably shouldn't be talking crap about the coach, but I will say one thing. I will say that she was crazy. Um, she was very crazy, she, like bad crazy. Um, one of my, I'm, I don't think I talked about this last episode, but I might have Sylvia Hatchell. That's her name. I knew it was some, I knew it was something like that. Sylvia Hatchell. Um, she, I had a friend, I played basketball in middle school and one of my teammates, her sister was very good at basketball, very good at basketball. She was getting recruited at the time that, we were in middle school, and she actually just recently got drafted in the WNBA, so, um, but basically, apparently, Sylvia, when she was on the phone, was, like, screaming at her, and just, like, being super rude, and being crazy, and all this stuff, so when I had heard that, and, you know, middle school, and Sylvia was still the coach at that time, obviously, so once I heard we got a new coach, I was pretty excited, for one, because I had formed a completely 
different opinion on Sylvia Hatchell and I was just like "Mm -mm, I don't like her I don't like her so super excited for Courtney Banghart she she's gonna do great things with this UNC women's team I mean I can just see it she's gonna do amazing things and when I went to the late night with Roy is what it usually is and this year it was like late night something oh I forgot what it was but when I went to that I could see when the women's scrimmage they were definitely not as good as they are now but you could see the progress and I'm just super excited to see this women's team I think they have huge potential and I'm excited to keep talking about them in this podcast because I feel like not that many people talk about them sadly but I'm super excited to start talking about them because they deserve the credit I mean they're putting up Deja Kelly I think is averaging like 20 points a game she's always putting up good points she's consistent Deja Kelly is great and at the late night what I loved about her is when she came out to like the tunnel thing she was wearing a crown she was the queen and I agree with that because she is the queen when it comes to UNC basketball but I yeah I will praise Deja Kelly not praise but I will love Deja Kelly forever she is just perfect I love her um to wrap up the podcast we had another huge commitment for basketball this week four-star center james brown he committed of the class of 2024 um so he'll join elliot cadeau and i believe the other kid's name is Jaden. um but they're all high star high ranked i think i'm really excited for that class it's gonna be a good class so far um so really exciting that we got another commit You can definitely see, even though we aren't doing too hot in basketball, Hubert Davis is still doing a great job of recruiting. And I know we did make it to the national championship last year, but we did lose. Um, But still, I I have high hopes. I'm pretty excited for the next four years, especially as a student, because getting to see the games as a student and as just like a fan are two completely different things, in my opinion. And I'm really hoping that I could rush Franklin Street a few times. I'm really hoping for that. For those of you who don't know, um, Franklin Street is like the main street in Chapel Hill. And it's like where all the shops are and like lunch places and dinner places on the restaurants and the bars, all that good stuff. And anytime UNC basketball and football too, I think sometimes anytime they get a big win or we win, it's usually when we win against Duke um we rush Franklin Street it's actually insane I was there one time when I was like 12 and people put fires in the street not like huge fires like little bonfires and people jump over them and they do all this crazy stuff people are climbing light poles and all this stuff and it's crazy but it's something that I definitely want to experience as a student and last year they did it like four different times because they did it when we made it to the national championship they did it when we beat Duke and kicked out coach k and then i think they did it after like once it got later into march madness like the games like making it to sweet 16 and elite eight final four you know all of that so i'm hoping that i can do that at least one time throughout my time at unc so hoping that 2024 class can bring us a little something they have us highly ranked in the recruiting um rankings which is really good but we all know high recruits does not always mean a good team because UNC, I think, they thrive the most when it comes to taking three stars and sometimes four stars, mostly three stars, and turning, molding them into good players. And that's why I've always liked UNC a lot, not just because I've always been a fan, but the fact that they don't always go for the five stars and the da and the this and the, you know, they, they more so go for the underdogs and they find those kids and they morph them and they create them into better players. But either way, 
really excited for a good recruiting class. Um, I love this year's recruiting class. The freshman class of this year, Seth and Tyler and Jalen, beautiful. They've done so good so far. Like I said earlier, Seth is going to be good. I'm telling you guys right now, Seth is going to be good. And for those of you who don't know, um, Seth Trimble is actually J.P. Tokido's little brother. Um, you J.P. Tokido, I don't know if you guys would know him, but he played around five years ago. He was great for UNC. He wasn't incredible or anything, but he was definitely a big contributor. I always remember he did this backwards dunk against Duke when we played them one time, and it was beautiful. But yes, they are related, so hoping that it, it's looking like Seth is going to probably put more of a mark on UNC than J.P. Tokudo did. So I'm super excited to see Seth develop, and Tyler Nichols as well, and Jalen, they all are looking really, really good. So I'm excited to see how it goes these next few years, and I'm excited to keep updating the podcast on the different games and talking basketball, because I love talking basketball, as you guys can tell. I mean, I'm talking for it for the past, like, 30 minutes, basically. But... I think that is going to end our episode for the week. Um, episodes are going to start coming out on Fridays. I'm going to aim for around like one o'clock-ish, but I'm not going to make any promises because once uh, I go back to school, I do have a class till like 12, 15, um, which I do go back to school on Saturday, which is exciting. Um, moving back, going back into my dorm, which isn't the greatest, but I'm excited to be back on campus. So that is how it's going to work. Um, that's how the it's planned to go. But like I said, if you guys follow my Instagram at Certified Sports Girl Pod, you can see updates on that. If there's a late upload, you'll be able to see that. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm super excited to see how this is going to turn out. I appreciate all the support so far. And I thank you all so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to me and just listen to a girl talk about sports. (laughs) But I hope you guys have an amazing week and happy new year too, by the way. I did not say that, but happy new year. 2023 is hopefully going to be a good year. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great week and a great day, great night, whatever it is for you. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.